0: Welcome to Cole Sports. You have entered the zone called sports on another level. And now, here's your host, Cole Johnson. Cole Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guide Cole Johnson. And on this episode, we're going to talk about week one of the college football season getting underway. We're also going to talk about cat suits. Wait, the cat suits and sports? What are you talking about, Cole? We're also going to talk about issues, about winning. Award the Dole of the Week, and we're going to go champions personified In upon further review. But for right now, headlines, please. Dateline College Football. Many games and many colleges are slated to play. Alabama, the top-ranked team, of course. You have the Urban (laughs) Meyerless, the Ohio State University, Clemson, and other programs, of course. But the three games that are of note this Saturday are the following: You have the game in Atlanta in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium between number six Washington and number ten Auburn. You have the game in Arlington in Jerry World. Number 8, the U, or University of Miami, are going up against LSU. Number 24 ranked, will they have an offense? (laughs) Come on now, you already know this is LSU. I digress. But the game that I'm excited of all weekend to actually see again come to the fore is in South Bend. Notre Dame hosts Michigan once again, with this series being absent For the last four years, it's been a little bit of a chasm for NCAA football, in my opinion. It's good to see September roll around and the Wolverines and the Golden Dormers play. So I'm glad to see it. And I'm also glad to see football in general get back to where it's supposed to be. Dateline San Antonio. Manu Ginobili. Manu! is announcing his retirement from the nba 16 years of being a spur he now is going to ride off into the sunset and enjoy his time away from the game ginobili had this to tweet in reference to his retirement quote today with a wide range of feelings i'm announcing my retirement from basketball immense gratitude To everyone, family, friends, teammates, coaches, staff, fans involved in the last 23 years. It's been a fabulous journey, way beyond my wildest dreams. Close quote. And this is for those who do not think this guy is going to belong in the Hall of Fame. Two things. One, it is the Basketball Hall of Fame, not pro basketball, not NBA. Number two, Just because this guy came off the bench does not mean that he is precluded from being a Hall of Fame candidate. Because in my opinion, this guy is the greatest sixth man to ever put on a uniform in NBA history. And he sacrificed being a starter. He could have pitched a fit to be a starter. He didn't do that. He said, you know what? I think, Pop, I'll help the team coming off the bench. And you know what happened? He did. And he also, in most of those games, was on the floor at the minutes that counted the most, which is five minutes of fourth quarter all the way to the end. So in the talk of this guy doesn't belong because he wasn't a starter for most of his NBA career, it does not compute. This guy contributed a lot to the sport. Do you remember the Euro step? We didn't talk about that move until Ginobili started to do it all the time. So, Even without what you would call gaudy stats. This guy contributed to the game in a multitude of ways. And this is a four-time NBA champion. You can't take that away from him, no matter what you think. This is a Hall of Famer. This is a champion. And this is, to me, in my opinion, the greatest sixth man in NBA history. Congratulations, Manu. Enjoy it, man. You deserve to enjoy all the spoils that your championship career created. And whether you live here or back in Argentina or anywhere in the world, Thank you, thank you, thank you. And this is coming from a Rockets fan. Thank you for the memories, man. You are a tremendous player, and you gave us such great memories. The NBA is going to be a little less entertaining without you. Dateline, New York City. Now, along with the figure that I'm going to talk about here, you had a lot of extensions this week come to different players. Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap of the Bengals being two of them. So the interior linemen received multi-year, multi-million dollar extensions. Uh, with Atkins, it was four years. With Dunlap, it was three. Then you go to Green Bay, who Aaron Rodgers, who Stephen A. Smith calls that bad man. And the NFL correspondent to Cold Sports, Christian Simpson calls like that. He secured his bag with a four-year, $134 million extension, $103 million guaranteed But the biggest news of them all actually came from the man that I am going to officially retire the name that I call him. I'm going to officially retire Diva in pads because this man has stepped up to become a man. And not because of this contract he signed, but because of this offseason that he had before this contract. Odell Beckham Jr. He said he wanted quarterback money. He now has quarterback money. Five years 95 million dollar extension with a 65 million dollar guarantee now when people say guarantee and rogers also had a guarantee of a huge amount as well when you sign your name with the dotted line that contract you will in its lifetime get at least that much money you may not get it at once but you will get that much money from the team no matter what because nfl contracts aren't guaranteed like the nbas are so what does this say for the giants Well, I think it says that they knew that they had to lock down one of the transcendent players in their franchise's history. And the fear, the possible fear, I should say, of his injury this past season in the NFL, they don't seem to be quite as worried about that. And maybe we shouldn't be either. Congratulations to all four men. And for those who say that that was too much money for all those guys to get paid, this simple response is all I got to say. Players are worth what organizations are willing to pay them. Don't bicker about the millionaires that are getting that money. Bicker about the billionaires who sign their checks. But you're not going to bicker about them, are you? Dateline Bristol! According to multiple reports, as of the date of this recording, ESPN's Jamel Hill is no longer ESPN's Jamel Hill. Ms. Hill, who has been with the organization since 2006, negotiated a buyout. And what does that mean? Well, that means she walks out with money in hand. The amount that was disclosed, I believe, was $6 million. So, hey, to be paid to no longer speak what you speak, but to go elsewhere to do it, uh, I would say that's a huge win-win for both, but it's a bigger win for Jamel. Now, I've heard many people talk about how this is a cowardly move of ESPN. To a degree, it is. To another degree, it's not. Because if this is the platform they want to have, well, it is what they want to have. And kudos to Jamel for, in what I really deem, sticking it out and negotiating the type of terms that she wanted to have before she walked out the door. Because it's important to have the freedom to do what you want to do and to do it on your own terms. So last September, she was drawn the ire of the White House. This September, she now has the freedom to do whatever she wants to do, but is no longer employed by ESPN. Whatever you do, Jamel, good luck to you because I'm sure you have a lot of things that we have no idea that you have planned in the near and not so near future. Dateline 30 Rock. Long-time NBC Sports personality Bob Costas, the commentator who has been part of NBC Sports since 1979, is saying that he's not really feeling the love anymore and doesn't feel as though it's a connection with the network, as he felt in years and decades past. Well, I'll let him explain it to you. Quote, There was a very long period of time when NBC's programming suited my interests and abilities very well. From late night talk show, later, in the news magazines to baseball, the NBA, and the Olympics. And after deciding on my own to leave the Olympics after having done a dozen of them, you just look around and say, what was once a perfect fit no longer fits that description. Close quote. Now, Costas is 66. Ah, This really pains me to say this. There is a, this is a young man and woman's game element. And it's almost unspoken and unwritten, but you can see it. And I think that's what Bob is seeing. It's unfortunate, but it's there. And yeah... I could see him no longer being a fit considering NBC no longer does the NBA and they now have their new voice for the Olympics, which is Mike Tirico. And even though they do hockey, he really wasn't a big hockey voice and they don't do baseball. So to me, I always thought of Costas with baseball, baseball commentary, baseball play by play, which he has done both of those and yeah he doesn't fit at the at the network the way it is and the way it's constituted now because well i mean does do nfl and yeah you saw him lead in and kick out of nfl games but to me i thought it was a a a small bone that they threw at him because well hey nbc didn't have anything else for him dateline los angeles Houston Astros pitcher Justin Verlander was in last weekend's visit to Los Angeles stuck with a one million dollar bill from a guy named, quote, Dodger Killer. Close quote. Well, that's what they termed Verlander. I mean, Verlander took it in stride because he took a picture of it and posted it on his Instagram. But what I find funny about this is that in last year's World Series tilt, which went all seven games, Verlander in his two starts was 0 and 1. So how much of a Dodger killer was he really? Not too much of one. Dateline, Washington DC and Phoenix. Senator John McCain, U.S. Senator John McCain, went through a tremendous battle with cancer. He decided to he decided to no longer undergo treatment, and earlier this week, he passed away. The sports world, especially where his home was, which was in Phoenix, said tremendous things about him. The CEO of the Diamondbacks, the president and CEO of the Diamondbacks, Derek Hall, had this to say about Senator McCain. Quote, John McCain has always been a member of the D-Backs family and was one of this team's biggest fans since day one. He was in attendance at the Expansion Draft, the World Series, and countless other games, remaining a fan through thick and thin. I am honored to consider him a friend and will miss seeing his smiling face in the stands and our heartfelt thoughts go out to his entire family. Close quote. Now, for those who don't know Senator McCain, he also served in Vietnam and was a POW. So he was a patriot of par excellence. He was a Republican, but a fair one. In fact, one of the most open politicians I think I've ever seen in the national space. And yes, he was a huge sports fan. Along the Diamondbacks, he also supported the, the Cardinals and ended up becoming a good close friend of Larry Fitzgerald. So the sports world, just as any other world, will miss this man. John McCain, soldier, United States Senator from the great state of Arizona, dead at the age of 81. Dateline Jacksonville! 24-year-old David Katz was the guy who was fingered in murdering three people, injuring 11 others before taking his own life in a Madden tournament. At Jacksonville Landing I want all of you To listen to the following words I'm about to say I heard the clip Actually I saw the clip Where the Madden tournament was ongoing And from what I understood This came after he lost And had to be eliminated So you heard commentary And play by play of another game As they were live streaming it And then all of a sudden you hear these pops These scary Horrifying pops that sounded like a gunshot, but it was many of them that just rang out. And you heard chaos, of course, ensue. This is what a sore loser looks like, VIP. Remember back in the Super Bowl following the 2015 season when you saw Cam Newton not really take the loss all that well and he sulked, and then later on he described it by saying show me a gracious loser and i'll show you a loser i want people like cam to look at this situation and reevaluate that thought process just because you take a loss gracefully does not mean that you're a loser not being able to handle a loss and then go to the point where you want to take other people's lives because your anger was not put in check that is a sore loser being shown. And that is a loser being shown and unfurled in front of the world. Would you want to just simply off people because you couldn't handle a defeat? No. And for those of you who would probably say, well, these other athletes, they don't go through that. I can name many. Michael Jordan is is at the top of that list. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, they were each other's foil to where when you had one eclipse the other, that's burned them on to come back and knock the other off. Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. You know them as combined nine-time champions, right? They were together in 1996. They didn't win a championship together until 2000. But did they want to waste people? No, they just internalized and said, okay, let's let's work on this so we can be better. And they did. And then you have two figures that I can think of right now off the top of my head. LeBron James, Jerry West. Each man has gone to the NBA Finals nine times. LeBron has come out a loser six, Jerry West eight. But did it stop them from wanting to go back there? No. And did it stop them from wanting to live life? No. Because you see LeBron do other things outside of life, outside the basketball arena. And then you see West, who only won one chip as a player. He has nine now as an executive. And that's just the NBA, NFL, Joe Montana and Tom Brady. That's what champions are. That's what losing should do. It should propel you to be a better athlete. That's in athletics. In life, it should propel you to be a better human being because I guarantee you in the march and the drive to be the best that you can be, there was someone in your journey who was far better than you. And there was someone you had to look up to and say, I gotta knock him or her off. Not in a mean-spirited way, but in a way that, to show improvement, marketed improvement upon what goal you had set. Because that, that burning desire for you to be better means a whole lot more than killing dreams of other people because you couldn't keep the effects of the fact that you lost something in check. This was a video game and this guy lost his cool. A video game. I want you VIP to look at that example, look at David Katz and understand you should not be like him because life is a whole lot more precious and a whole lot more important. And that young man lost the opportunity to learn a valuable lesson because in losses, you learn the lesson that one, you are not the best at whatever laneage you're trying at that particular moment. And two, you have room to improve, which leads to three. You take that loss, you build on it to be better. Because that's what losses are supposed to do. It's supposed to humble you. It's supposed to embolden you. It's supposed to make you say, okay, this is the measuring stick. I'm not measuring up, but I got a barometer. I can climb to that barometer and surpass it. Not, I can't handle it. I'm going to knock this obstacle out by snuffing his or her life. Cam, I like your play. I do not like... The mentality that you have when it comes to losing Because quite honestly son You show me a gracious loser And I'll show you a champion Because gracious losers Don't let the outside see him sweat That is what a loss does To a champion It makes him or her say When I get the opportunity to do the same thing again I'm not going to blow it Because I'm going to prepare myself To be better in that situation Than this last time And if it's not good enough, I'm going to get back up And get better than that Not say, forget it I'm just going to waste everybody But show me a sore loser Like David Katz And I give you A loser Don't be one Take the feet in stride And feel your life to be a better Human being When I come back, we are going to talk about cat suits? I'm about to go eat! and cold sports and i really have to dig in here so as we know after last year's austrian open when serena williams claimed her 23rd grand slam she announced that she was eight weeks pregnant and had to get off the scene which is obvious and understood and so she came back this year she Went to the French Open, felt it out a little bit. Unfortunately, she had complications before she really could get started. Then got to the Wimbledon final this year before losing in straight sets, but looking good. And here we are on the eve of her birthday. And the day before the U.S. Open begins, an outfit edict was dropped from the French Open. Oh, I'm about to go in! short-sighted it hurts close quote now that was a quote from former tennis player Andy Roddick. and what is he referring to by something being dumb and short-sighted well the french tennis federation president bernard Giocelli, in an interview by tennis magazine's 500th edition said that the outfit that serena wore in this year's french open where it was a black cat suit Giuseppe said, quote, I think that sometimes we've gone too far. Close quote. And with that, he banned outfits that Serena wore at the French Open. Now, for those who don't know what i'm talking about well okay imagine serena from literally from head no actually from neck to toe adorned in a black suit with i believe a purple not purple or a pink or red belt now yeah it's not the traditional you know top and skirt as you would see at wimbledon and virtually other tournaments but the thing was the french open was the tournament that was the most progressive of the four because you had some type of and some semblance of tennis order you had to abide by it's not quite as evident in the Australian and the u.s open it's definitely apparent in the women of grand slam because you are not allowed to wear any other color but white on the court at all times so the french open was the championship tournament that was the freest and the most liberal and the most avant-garde of them all In fact, Andre Agassi, when he was playing, didn't want to go to Wimbledon because it was too straight-laced for him. Wanted to go to the French Open because it was freer. You can wear certain things. You can style certain ways. And for the longest time, he didn't go to Wimbledon. Ironically, Agassi's first Grand Slam was 1992's Wimbledon. Now, Serena takes it all in stride. She basically said, yeah, it's really nothing. I mean, heck, I wore this outfit not to style, but because it helps the blood flow for me. And if I can't wear it, fine. And I give her kudos for that. As as in the last segment that I talked about, you know, show show you a, a sword loser and I'll show you a loser. This is how you take losing here. This was an example of a gracious loser here. She's like, okay, fine. I'm not going to crawl over Spielberg with that. So I can't wear that. Yeah, yeah, of course it helps me medically. But if I can't wear that, I can't wear it. I'm not going to bother with it. That is what a champion is supposed to do. Especially with Serena because she comes back on the tournament. They drug test her every week. And so she's she's dealing with that, plus outfits that would help her medically, she can't wear anymore. But for what she is not going to say, I will say, Giocelli, how dare you not have the gumption and the balls to allow this person here, a 23 Grand Slam champion, three at your event, wear that outfit. It's not revealing. It's not risque. It's... <laughs> It is not offensive. It's an outfit. <laughs> and and she got into it saying this was getting this is what her getting her superhero on. Yeah, you know, she was the female Black Panther out there. I'm with that. It's cool. It's just an outfit. It's not one I would cover my if I had children, it's not one I would cover my son's or daughter's eyes and say, yeah, don't look at that, baby, because I've seen other outfits that these tennis women have worn that have made me said, OK, I got to turn my head away from the screen. That catsuit isn't it. If it's not risque, if it's not offensive, if it's not a turnoff and if it's not suggestive, why are you banning it? That is the perplexity I have here with this that outfit is just that an outfit and heck if other women want to wear it fine let them wear it <laughs> it doesn't matter it's just an outfit and if it helps her medically go on with fine if you want to level the playing field let the other women wear it i'm sure serena wouldn't care because her mind in her mind she wants to clobber them all which if memory serves it correct that's what the champion's supposed to do whatever you want to put in front of me put it in front of me i'm gonna knock them straight out to the ground Th- that's that's serena's mentality so <sighs> I-, I really believe that you Sally, I-, I really believe that you missed a golden opportunity the other three majors aren't nearly or weren't now nearly as progressive as yours was and you still had a handle on things it wasn't as if people were going buck wild with stuff but you're the different grand slam i mean y- you're not hardcore you're not grass you're clay So right there, you're different than every other Grand Slam. And then you're supposed to be artistic because you're in Paris. And you had the ability to say, you know what? We're making strides in tennis. And you could have opened your arms to this opportunity and say, you know something? We're trying different things out. And I think this might work. And this might work. I think this might make the sport better. This might advance the sport. Instead, you are bringing the sport back by doing this. So do me a favor, Giocelli. If you think you're going to help Close your mouth Because you're not When I come back This is going to be an interesting one Doth of the week time is next Cool Sports And here, and here we go, DOLT OF THE WEEK, DOLT OF THE WEEK, sponsored by nobody, but we still are going to give it to you straight with no chaser, the winner of this episode's DOLT OF THE WEEK is... former eagles and now former browns linebacker michael kendricks why is this guy on the dolt of the week list and why is he the first one in the month of september to adorn the chart i'm so glad you asked well the former eagle and former brown decided to play the stock market which that's legal that's fine in fact that's admirable he actually ended up getting a profit 1.2 million dollars profit i love that so you're probably saying well cole why is he adult if he played the stock market and won and he got a he he got over a million dollars aha here's where the problem lies u.s attorney William mcswain held a news conference and he said that kendrick's was friends with an employee of goldman sachs demolari sunoiki and he had information about an upcoming merger that was involving goldman sachs so he told Kendricks, Kendricks used that information to play the stock market and someone told on him, And that is what is called insider trading. Well, this is how serious it is because he will land in jail or might land in jail if it's proven to be true. All right. Here, here's the problem. You have to be careful if you're going to be playing high stakes poker like this. There are rules to this. And if you abide by the rules, you play it right. And you will benefit the right way. If you don't, you have this happen. And now his whole life is going to be in upheaval. Because do you think that he will get another NFL job? Because the Browns immediately after this said, well, <laughs> Michaels isn't traveling with us to Detroit. And then they summarily gave him his walking papers. But well, this is what Michaels had to say. Quote, Well, I don't fully understand all of the details of the illegal trades i knew it was wrong and i wholeheartedly regret my actions since the beginning of the investigation i have fully cooperated with all of the authorities and will continue to do so i accept full responsibility for my actions although i did not take any of the profits for myself i am committed to resolving all of the funds gained illegally and accept the consequences of my actions close quote well i hate to say it michael you have no choice and that statement is rather conflicting so you don't understand all of the illegal goings-on but you understand you did something wrong now i'm sure that you had a broker i'm sure that broker probably advised you to not do these certain things before you undertake buying and selling a stock And I'm sure that 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 same broker said to you that if you were to do that, jail time will be in your future because you'll be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Because insider trading is a no-no in Wall Street. I'm sure your broker told you this, Michael. So how could you say that you don't, don't, don't understand all the illegalities yet you understand that you did something wrong? Help me in this, please. Because I don't get that. I, I, I really don't. Help me to understand that you don't understand that you did something illegal yet. You understood you did something wrong. Connect those dots for me, please. Because it sounds like Mr. McSwain said it perfectly. You got with a friend who was a member, an employee of a company that you bought stock in. And you probably bought stock in it after you talked to your friend. Got wind of a merger. Knew when to buy. And when to sell. And you don't still understand? That was wrong because you got this understanding to someone who works there? Son, you screwed yourself out of a promising future. You could have set yourself and your family up for life and didn't have to play the stock market. You could have done that and not play the stock market because in the NFL, you stack your money right, you would have generational wealth begin with you. Now that's not the case, and it's unfortunate. It's it's extremely unfortunate. It's painfully actually unfortunate. But that's what we have to handle, and we have to deal with the fact that you did something illegal, and now it's going to cost you your freedom. I hate it for you. I I, I really do. I, I'm sure you probably had all the good intentions in the world to do this. That you wanted to advance your family. You wanted to you wanted to make that long money, and you profited but you profited outside the rules and regulations of Wall Street and when that happens they come a knocking and if you illegally profited from something that's how they that's how they talk to you I hate it but so sorry for you ma'am but know that you did something illegal and be at one with that don't keep saying that well I don't understand it yet I know I did something wrong That's not a good look, man Because you did something wrong And you know what it was You just got caught When I come back Champions Personified Edition Of a Pondford Review Is next Next week's edition of Cold Sports, we're going to talk about week one of the NFL. Man, it sounds so good. We'll, of course, address the opening night game as well. Man, NFL football is back. We don't have to talk about things outside the sport. We can actually talk about things inside it. We're, of course, going to talk about college football a little bit more as well. Get a little bit into the September races in Major League Baseball. Award of the Week. A Pond Review as well. And, of course, we're going to go in on something. Tune in and find out what it is I'm going to talk about and go in on. See, that's for next week, though. For this week, still, I have to give a tip of the cap to this man. This gentleman is my favorite NFL player and has been for the last five years. And it's things like this which continue to make me root for this guy outside of the fact that he plays for the team that I root for the most. If I was not a Texans fan, I would root for this guy. So we're going to talk about J.J. Watt in upon further review. Cold Sports proudly presents Champion Personified. August twenty seven, two thousand seventeen. That was the time Houston was under siege from Hurricane Harvey, now at the time when it crossed Houston, termed Tropical Storm Harvey. More than half of the city was underwater, from what I heard, and it was a devastating setback. This natural disaster, which put Tropical Storm Allison back in 2001 to shame, because it put much of the city underwater as well, it was devastating to a community. One that I spent many decades loving, loving on, and plying trades in. In fact, the same community that my parents and grandmother still live to this day. Now I got a chance to visit my parents and grandmother around Christmas last year. And my mother talked about the devastation of Harvey in their own house. And that they didn't really suffer hardcore damage from the storm itself. But they did suffer from minor effects of it. So they had power that went out for a few hours And in that time Water rose in their kitchen And so they cleaned it out And they still live in the spot now to this day But they were the lucky ones They were able to salvage their cars and, and, and house There was others who didn't have a place to go Didn't have houses Didn't have cars Didn't have food Their whole life was washed away By this torrential downpour of water so affected by this was JJ Watt, the defensive lineman for the Houston Texans, a native Wisconsinian. So he's not a native Texan, but you pretty much will probably make him one now. He saw this and he got on Instagram and he and Twitter and he made this plea. He started a, a GoFundMe where he wanted $200,000 and he donated $100,000 of his own money to start it started it that day. In two hours, that total was cleared. Then he set the then he set the goal to five hundred thousand. That was cleared within two days. Then he set it to a million. And that was cleared in another two days. Then he set it to two million. That was cleared in three days. Then five million. Then ten million then fifteen million and it went up until when the third week of the NFL season, regular season, I may add, was underway, he stopped it and it was capped off then at thirty seven million. Well, the total ended up becoming forty one, almost forty two million dollars, forty one point six million to be exact. Now Watt met with some criticism, I think from Steven Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, in saying, okay, well yeah, you raised all this money, but are you helping the people? Or is this just gonna go to like the Red Cross or some organization where you, it goes to them and you don't know where the where the aid is going to be going? It just could blindly go anywhere. Watt didn't get and didn't engage in that type of war, that verbal media war. He instead just focused on helping people. And sometimes you don't need to pump your chest. You allow others to do that for you. Take, for instance, Leslie Bourne, who was helped by part of the 41.6 million that Watt raised to help out Houston and Hurricane Harvey. And its devastating conditions Quote It took the youth Just a few seconds to go Oh my gosh this is J.J. Watt That just walked in And they walked into a place called the Convent House This is the executive director of Convent House I digress And they were overjoyed with him He spent so much time individually And talking with a lot of the youth He's really just a genuine person And that comes out very much When you first meet him Close quote. There's another one. His name is Eric. The last name escapes the article writer. He said about meeting J.J. Watt that it was important to him and. Quote. Especially when you're a young parent having to relocate and find shelter. It's a heavy weight on your shoulders to do that all by yourself. They really accepted me and my family with open arms. I really can't even thank them enough. They sheltered me from the storm. Not Hurricane Harvey the storm, but the storm of everyday life. When you don't have anybody to depend on, I knew I could depend on them here. Close quote. So we could talk about price tags And how much money you raise But Justin James Watt gets That it's not about that It's about how you impact People who need the resources That you're able to provide for them That he sees a need That I have but you don't So I'm going to give you the opportunity to have Because in this situation you need a whole lot more than I do and so I don't need to hear any well, where the funds are going to go. I don't need to hear that type of talk. I need to hear this. I need to hear if what he is doing is affecting and changing lives and making lives better. And what I'm hearing. That's an affirmative. <laughs> he's affecting lives. He's changing lives. He's making lives better. And he's giving people hope. That's all you can do in a devastating situation such as this so vip when i talk about jj watt it's more than the fact that he can put up 20 sacks in a year it's more than he can catch touchdowns coming off as a tight end it's more than he can be like refrigerator perry back in the back in the 80s and be a lead blocker for labar Le- miller It's for a whole lot more than what he can do on the field. Believe me, what he does on the field is very important. But what he does off of it. Tells me the character of this man. That yes, he does a lot on the field. But man. Does he transcend being a powerful human being off of it? So number 99. For the Houston Texans. I've been a fan of yours since 2012. Now, I know you've been on teams since 2011. I've been a fan of yours since 2012. And you will forever have a fan in me. No matter what you do, no matter where you go. Your example shines brightest and I'm honored that you're playing on my favorite football team. But more importantly, I'm honored that you're tapping into what God has given in you to do, and that is to positively affect change in other human beings' lives. Because that's really what it's all about. Thank you, JJ, for reminding all of us what being a human being really means. If you like this episode or any episode that you have heard thus far, come on now, subscribe to colesports.com. Just go to colesports.com. The subscribe button is right there. The link is just shining, waiting for you to press it. And you'll get updates weekly as to when this show airs. You'll be one of the first to hear it, by the way. And if you want to reach me, I'm all on social media. Instagram is Colesports with a Z. Twitter is Cole underscore Sports with a Z. Facebook is Colesports with a Z. And here... Also, along with YouTube, cosports.com with a Z, of course. What I want you to do, though, is just three simple things three, three that spread the word, the joy, and the love. And reach out to me at info at with a Z, dot com, and enjoy the content. Thank you so much, VIP. For the Intelligent Sportsman, I'm Cole Johnson. And this is... Cold Sports! You've been listening to Cole Sports with Cole Johnson.